Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Seed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the McFarland Spartans, the Deerfield Demons, and the Cambridge Blue Jays. My name is Peter Lindblad. I cover the Wanakee Warriors, DeForest Norskis, uh, Lodi Blue Devils, and Poinette Pumas. This is Ryan Gregory. Y'all already know who I cover. I've been talking about it long enough. <laughs> I respect it. Saving, saving a little bit of time in the intro. Yep. I, I appreciate it. Time, energy. You must have that. a lot to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, I'm just dying to talk about some uh, some furry basketball. What can I say? Uh, well, hey, happy uh, National Signing Day, boys. I don't Ooh, know. Yeah. I don't know if that's a holiday. It should be. Back I when know. I was in, like, I celebrate. Oh, Back when I was in elementary school, I was like, this should be a national holiday. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. <laughs> such a fun time. And so uh, it's been kind of nice. We've had some uh, student athletes sign their letters of intent. Some are going, you know, to bigger schools. Some are going to smaller schools. But I think it's just worth noting that anytime you have someone go from high school athletics to college athletics, yeah. I mean, the, the you know, probability of that is just so small. And it's something that should be celebrated and especially even some of the kids that are going to the larger schools Mm -hmm. so peter i'm probably going to start with you since it was probably the most groundbreaking news of the day if if you are a badgers fan i see ryan wearing a badgers sweatshirt yeah i'm wearing Mm -hmm. a badgers sweatshirt i'm just just repping nike today yeah i'm I'm a corporate shill yeah as as peter was talking (laughs) about dress code email that i sent out let's talk about mark Marquette and their good game. He didn't That's want to right. wear. That's he didn't right. want to wear Wisconsin gear. But uh, <laughs> someone's going to be wearing Wisconsin gear though from Wanakee because right. apparently everybody wants to play for Luke Fickle. Yes, they do, and Robert Booker does. I mean, happy holiday uh, as far as National Sign Day yeah. goes to the Badgers. Uh, Robert Booker, uh, the six-seven nightmare matchup at tight end for uh, Wanakee, uh, signed up to play with the Badgers. Uh, three-star recruit. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, first in-state uh, recruit for the 2024 class. Correct for the Badgers. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. He's so, only a junior. Yeah, only a junior. And Middleton, but already their second tight end commit from that class. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure Middleton is like ready for him to ready to say goodbye yeah. because he <laughs> killed them last year both games he scored mm-hmm. two touchdowns during the regular season game that ended up being the difference and then he caught the game winner with only seconds remaining in in the playoffs against them so um you know he, he's gonna be an interesting uh interesting guy to watch uh you know he's he's definitely tall he's athletic and he's just smooth you know talk about a smooth route runner and just a a guy who knows how to get open and that size man Especially down at the goal line, he's tough to handle. You can just the definition of a nightmare ma- or a matchup nightmare. Yes, yep. absolutely. You absolutely. can't put a safety yeah. on them because they're going to be too small. Defensive backs or uh, linebackers going to be too slow. Mm-hmm. It's exciting yeah, what, it is. what Luke Fickle's got <laughs> ruined. Yeah. I, and I know it's really easy. You know, obviously some recruits don't pan out because mm-hmm. again, you know, these are high school kids, and also too sometimes they don't fit the scheme, all that good stuff, mm-hmm. and it's a jump as well too. But it's hard not to get excited to see like mm-hmm. what to go from basically no recruiting, which you know I appreciate <laughs> everything that Paul Chris did with the Badgers yeah. program, to then come in here and be like, we are gonna land every transfer yeah. and every person imaginable, because then they also just landed that uh, defensive lineman uh, as well too, and so just yeah. what a fun time to be a Badgers football fan. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it is. It's exciting. I have also, and I'm gonna, you know, keep you know talking about this until the. Until it comes around, that Badgers Ohio State game, the Ooh. first Camp Randall or Man. Ohio State's probably first trip to back to Camp Randall since 2016, I want to say. Mm. That game 
better be under the lights. I'm oh, like, yeah. I do oh, not yeah. want Fox coming in with the big noon, big noon Saturday. Being like, oh, we're doing this game at 11. Like, no, that is prime time, 6.30. None of this Fox big noon kickoff. That's I right. don't need to see Urban Meyer in, by Camp Randall, and I especially don't want to see it at 11 o'clock in the morning. So you're going to hear me harping about that until the Patchers release their schedule. So, like, please put that at night. Yeah. But – it's real easy to get excited about, you know, what with what's Wisconsin doing though. A couple other Big Ten or a couple other Big Ten schools uh, making some headway as well too, and it looks like uh, the state to the west as well too, with uh, ten thousand lakes uh, decide to sign another athlete from Wisconsin as well too, and I'll let Ryan go ahead on that one. Yeah, Sun Prairie East owned two-time All-State running back uh, Cortez LeGrant signed a preferred walk-on with Minnesota. I think it was two weeks ago now. I hopped on the phone with him about it. It was just a matter of time for him. Uh, schools like St. Thomas and Augustana were on him pretty early and often throughout his career and had scholarship offers from them, uh, I, I think even as a junior. But uh, no high-level D1s until Minnesota came calling with that PWO, mm-hmm. and he signed it the day after he got it and committed to the Gophers. It's uh, Even during this season, it was kind of he, – he's been ta- in talks with them for the last two years, but – Never quite had that offer on the table and was just waiting for that. He enrolled himself at the school and uh, said the, the moment that he got through admissions there is when the, the PWO came through. It was a pre, pre, prerequisite he had to meet. And so, of course, the moment that they said that he could come, he, w- he was there. And so he was thrilled about that. And he's one of a huge uh, signing class for East, which includes, like, you know, Evan Richmond to UW Lacrosse, uh, Logan Culbertson to UW Stevens Point. Of course, Jerry Kaminsky to North Dakota, uh, John Vandewall to Iowa State, just a huge, very impressive class. Oh, and I can't forget uh, Nolan Olson to Bemidji, but uh, a, a very talented class for that Sun Prairie East team, uh, kind of punctuated by Cortez signing with, signing with Minnesota. And so uh, just for people at home, and also me as well, to preferred walk-on. That yes. is, uh, that's, I'm assuming, doesn't have a scholarship, but has the opportunity basically to get one then? Yeah, there is um, there's some financial aid, but it's all academic based. Hence, why he had to like you know get accepted in the school and meet all those prerequisites as well. But essentially, when the scholarships become ama- become available for him, he is at the top of the pecking order to receive one. Okay. And um, it's less of a you know prove you're valuable to the team and you may get a scholarship. It, they've shown that he is valuable to their plan and that he it is very likely that he will have a football scholarship here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you know it's like I lose track all like the mumble jumbo, especially now with like NIL and transfers, and then it's like yeah. you throw something in there like a preferred walk on. It's like, wow, I do not know the terminology on yeah. that one, but and it really varies from program to program. But that's uh, that's how Cortez talked about it, and also Vandewall at Iowa State. That's what he accepted mm-hmm. as well, and it kind of gave me the same lowdown of uh, you know mainly academic based, but. Uh, the, the opportunity for it to soon become football-based scholarship. And also, too, like, even if, like, you know, football doesn't work out or something like that, to go to, you know, an important yeah. school like Minnesota, that's yeah. setting you up great for a career. And that's yeah, also, absolutely. too, another thing, you know, obviously it's cool when, you know, the big schools come calling, but also, too, to get a degree from that school and just to set up with the networking opportunities yeah. there, absolutely. it's going to be great for all, all these kids. So The yep. big question is, can he row the boat? <laughs> See, I'm going to be... I, mean, that? I would say, hey, he put it in the hashtag on his tweet when he committed. Did so. he? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm excited for him to go, but, man, like, you want to talk about a program, like, 
that as a Badger fan, that yeah. just kind of grinds my gears a little bit. <laughs> and we're going to see LeGrand on the field pretty soon as well because he's a return specialist. Oh, yeah. And so, like, oh, it, nice. Yeah. We, as soon as, like, maybe not this coming year, but the year following, I could definitely see him getting on the field, maybe in KOR, punt return, very easily. And it's going to be exciting, too, because, you know, obviously we'll have to see what happens with the divisions uh, for, you know, the Big Ten once you USC and UCLA come, you know, rolling in, which still blows my mind, and yeah. I kind of have opinions <laughs> yeah. about. But um, you know that Iowa Minnesota game is going to feature oh, yeah. a couple of Sun Prairie East. You know, yeah, they, yeah, the, Sun yeah, Prairie, yeah. the Sun Prairie clash of Addison Estranga, the tight end at Iowa. I, I actually caught him at a West basketball game. Yeah. He said he's expecting his role in the offense to grow this coming year too. So and don't forget Wanakee offensive lineman Jack Dotson. Oh yeah. <laughs> The Madison area. Yep. Yeah, yep. I tell you what, I think <laughs> well if, we, represented. if yep. we talk with APG a little bit, I'm sure they'll let one of you <laughs> yeah, guys go out get and us out there. That. That's right. <laughs> I think they can work it in the budget. Yeah, we'll tell send that the to private jet. Check if you think they can fit it in the budget. <laughs> we'll send the private jet. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, you know, press passes, all that good stuff. Five star hotels. Let's do it. You know, speaking of you had uh, you mentioned one of your players, uh, one of the Sun Prairie players, going to Stevens Point. Stevens Point, kind of building up a little bit of their program a little bit because mm-hmm. you know they the past couple of years they've struggled in the WEAC for a little bit, uh, but you know between that and they also have landed some McFarland uh, future graduates as well too. So they're bringing in Cooper Kennedy, uh, Kyle Cuso, and Paul Morris. And Morris and Cuso were both linebackers for the Spartans, so a real couple of good uh, players that. The pointers are bringing into their program. Super excited. Uh, Kennedy's a great leader. Unfortunately, uh, had the knee injury to that kind of dampen the senior year, so he wasn't able to showcase his improvement from the junior year. Uh, but he should definitely do great things up there. And then Cuso was just really solid as a you know kind of like a linebacker, but played a good amount of coverage as well too. So he's a real solid player. And I've talked about Paul Morris just being a tackling machine. Like he's gonna fit in great up there with mm-hmm. all the teams that you know are so run heavy. And then. Uh, to kind of stay around in the WEAC, Dayton Gillen is going to Whitewater, which as a Whitewater graduate, I was excited to see because, you know, he's a great player, all-state cornerback, or all-state honorable mention, I should say. Uh, also has an opportunity to potentially play baseball as well, too, at Whitewater. Ooh. So, you know, do the two sports and have yeah. a lot of fun with it. So that'll be exciting to see uh, Dayton go out there and, you know, do his thing. And then also, too, Keats Dyslin. Uh, the offensive lineman uh, from the Spartans signed with Minnesota State Division Two, uh, Minnesota State Mankato. So Division Two right. partial scholarship for him. So he was just a uh, you know a great uh, blocker and just a huge offensive lineman. And really excited to see what he does up there. And then also too, uh, so not only for football and then also Brandon Dyer Isagiri at one is going to make his decision at one point the running back for the Spartans. But he is still looking at mm-hmm. offers right now. Um, but also they had some other, uh, athletes sign their letters of intent as well too. Rowan Wagner, uh, the soccer player, uh, defender for the Spartans, uh, key member of the team this year and, uh, was voted team MVP. He is going to play at UW Superior. And then also Bryn Beery, pitcher for the softball team is going to play at UW Lacrosse. So if I remember correctly, that was Beery, Cuso, Morris, Oh, I'm going to have to make sure I have all, all eight, but definitely just a whole bunch of Spartans signed uh, their letter of intent. Yeah. So it was a uh, big day for a lot of those uh, kids and just happy to see them uh, move on to the next level and they'll do great things. Yep. 
So that was uh, that was a fun little week there. And uh, yep. oh, and I'd be remiss not to mention DeForest uh, Mason Keys uh, signing his national letter of intent to play quarterback at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Mm-hmm. Good for him. And yep. Just solid quarterback there as well yep, too. So very, Duluth's getting a good one. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, son of a former Packer. So. Oh really? But Keys. Oh wow. All right. Reigning division champions, yeah, uh, Minnesota right. Duluth. That's right. Yeah. Nice program they yep. got there. Yep. Well, Peter, I want to kind of get your thoughts, though. I know we mentioned, obviously, the big news out of Robert Booker, but it seemed like you had some stuff you want to talk about Wanakee this week when it comes to high school sports, when it comes to winter, because it looks like boys basketball and boys hockey has a chance to win, you know, a couple conference championships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wanakee uh, boys basketball sure uh, turned things around. Um, they struggled mightily at the 608 tournament at, at MATC. Um they started out two and three in the year, and at that tournament, they lost by 27 to Nina and then 25 to Lacrosse Central. And uh, I remember, you know, talking to Coach Dana McKenzie at the time. He said, you know, this could be a turning point for us either way, <laughs> but it, it kind of went in the other direction as they they then won their next six and they've won 11 of 12 since then to really put themselves in Dang. a position to win a Badger East title. They're undefeated in the Badger East at eight and zero. Um, you know, they had a double overtime win over Edgewood, non-conference, and then a 16-point win over uh, Minona Grove. Um, they're a deep team, big, strong backcourt with uh, Shade Ducharme and uh, Jake Bova. They got to do it all forward in Devin Johnson, who's had some big uh, scoring games, especially shooting from three, but he's a rugged guy, uh, rebounds well, plays strong defense. Um, then they got athletic big man uh, Keaton, uh, Keaton Frisch, a uh, 6'7 kid who's averaging uh, almost 11 points a game and 7.3 rebounds. He plays as well on the perimeter as he does inside. Um, but they've also been getting uh, contributions lately from Eli Salk, another good outside shooter, and uh, Caden McKenzie. Um, so uh, both both guys shooting well from the outside and uh, doing a good job uh, distributing the ball. Um, they also had a tribute to uh, Dana's dad, Skitch, uh, who died uh, recently. They had a, um, a nice tribute to him um, before one of the recent games. I think it was the Monona Grove game now that I think about it. But uh, I, I, talking to Dana, he, he was like the biggest fan of the team. He was at every game you know just uh you know kind of beloved by uh, all the players and, and fans and coaches so um tough loss there but uh but they're playing well and then uh boys hockey if we want to go over that quick uh, they just had a big win over uh monona grove nine to nothing um they're a half game up in the race for the badger east uh, in that game david emmerich won kind of crazy he had five games or five goals it was uh, it was senior night and he's not a senior but uh he lit it up and uh Tate Schmidt, uh, you know, kind of his running mate on that line, had three assists. Um, Jordan Bavery, a great uh, defenseman for them, had his first goal of the year. And Brock Robbins got his first varsity goal. Um, The coach, uh, Kevin Stormer, has really been preaching consistency. They've struggled a bit in big games against teams like Edgewood and Beaver Dam, who's, you know, hot on their heels for that Badger East title or a half game back. Um, They lost to them recently, got doubled up 6-3. Um, but uh, you know, their coach Stormer is hoping they're back on track after the Monona Grove game. So yeah, our hearts are definitely with uh, the communities of or for the community of Wanakee with the passing on that. But definitely good to see the uh, Warriors moving in the right direction when it comes to boys <laughs> hockey and uh, uh, basketball as well too. Quick little correction, I just wanted to make. Uh, it was seven players from McFarland that signed uh. at. That, that's why I couldn't think of the other one. I was like, where's <laughs> the eighth one? And then I went back on the photos. I was like, 
There's seven. Okay. So, yeah, we're all good. Beery, Wagner, Cuso, Gillen, Morris, Dyson, and Kennedy were the ones that signed. So, we're all good there. Um, quick little side note on the uh, Monona Grove Wanakee game. Unfortunately, Monona Grove had some players out with uh, oh, yeah. illness yep. as well, mm-hmm. too. So, yep. a bad time for the Silver Eagles to uh, have some illness roll through oh. because they had Wanakee on that Monday, and then the next day they had to play Beaver Dam. So the two top, oh, the geez. two top teams in the conference they had to face without a majority of their starters. Oh my so, goodness, uh, that's rough. Tough, tough break for the Silver Eagles, but I'm sure that once they roll back into you know playoffs here here pretty soon with a full lineup, they should be fine to go. I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to give a little shout out though to McFarland Boys Hockey. Mason Pomerining, uh, Pomerining has been on a tear as of late. Uh, the Spartans. Uh, faced Stoughton and Baraboo uh, this week, and he had four goals against Stoughton and one assist, and then against Baraboo, he had two goals and assist, so six, six goals this week, yeah. so Mason is the leading uh, points uh, getter for the Spartans, mm. and so he's had a really strong year. Spartans have been kind of up and down, middle of the pack, Badger East, but you know, when they get into like teams against like, you know, Stoughton, Baraboo, Milton, uh, you know, they're able to hang with them and put up some good numbers. So, but, and also too, you never know with a skater putting up that kind of point totals like that. You never know what'll happen in the yeah. playoffs. So yeah. it's just interesting. Ryan, I don't know if you wanted to keep on this, uh, trend of hockey, but <laughs> you are more than welcome to. <laughs> we can absolutely like. touch on hockey because obviously Sun Prairie's big groundhog tournament is coming up, oh, yes. uh, both Friday and Saturday of this week. So. A big thing to keep an eye on, but entering the tournament, Sun Prairie had a pair of uh, non-conference games right before it started. Won them both, beat D.C. Everest 2-1. Easton Lemke, their sophomore goalie, who's really stepped up big for them this year. 29 saves, and the only goal that uh, Everest got on him was on the power play late in the third period. Uh, Sun Prairie was already up 2-0. So a great job by him in that one. And then the, the very next day, they travel up to Wisconsin Rapids, Beat them 4-2. to two. All four goals come courtesy of Tyler Rawls, their leading point scorer this year. Uh, the dude was a beast on the football field as well, and it's translating into hockey as he has been a, a staple for them when it comes to getting points on the board. Um, in the first game of the Groundhog Tournament on Tuesday of this week, they lost 4-1 to a very good Madison Memorial team. That's who they start the tournament against every year, and it's always a good test for them. Uh, they're going to play Monona Grove on Friday. Uh, and then obviously TBD on Saturday, on Saturday, seeing as how this is a tournament. Uh, United's obviously looking for a higher finish than six, what they took last year in the Groundhog. Uh, but obviously some great uh, some great momentum from that two game non con that they had right before this started. So you, you hope that that carries over for United. Uh, only two more conference games left for them on the schedule after the tournament gets done. So they'd obviously like to find a couple wins here, get some momentum to finish the season strong because it's. It's both on the road against Janesville and Middleton, two teams that they've lost to already this season. So they're going to need all the help they can get uh, through this last stretch before the playoffs. It's always funny because I'm always like, oh, Sun Prairie, you know, has just so many talented athletes. And then I always forget in the Big Eight, there's also many teams that have talented athletes, well, and especially like Middleton, Verona, Verona Madison Memorial. Jane. Janesville's up this year. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're yeah. usually about on the same uh, level as – Sun Prairie, but this kid Jake Shatner playing for Janesville has been out of his mind. I'd love to see the numbers. I've never looked him up on just how many hat tricks he has because it oh. seems like every time I read the stats on them, it's like, <laughs> yeah, Shatner had another hat trick, no, nothing special, but it, Janesville won again. <laughs> that was uh, me with, like, Andrew Jisha, I want to say maybe it's how you pronounce the last name, of Oregon last year. Mm-hmm. With uh, He just tore through the Badger West with uh, the Panthers and – 
I think he was the state's leading goal scorer or something mm. like that. And I was just like, this kid's putting up insane numbers. Yeah. I mean, Janesville, <laughs> if, if I remember correctly, Janesville beat Verona yes. earlier this season. Yes. I was yeah. like, whoa. If you, like, given Janesville team, Janesville's team, even as recently as last year, I would have never in a million years been like, yeah, next year they'll beat Verona. <laughs> just uh, a very up year for the Bluebirds. That's what's fun about high school sports. Anybody can have their day, and yeah. you never know what to expect, basically. And one of, the, one of the fun things for me is covering Wanakee boys hockey because they play up and down. They love to get – they love to score goals. Oh, yeah, same with United. A couple They're years ago, they forward had – Forward-led. Yeah, they had, like, two of the three top scorers in the state. Yeah, that, that was – I mean – they're they're fun to watch. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm glad you guys enjoy covering hockey because I don't know a whole lot about it. So I'm just like, wow, look at that puck move, and you know, they're skating it up the ice. That, that's just how I keep you know I keep my questions very basic, and I just stick with who scored because it's like I don't. I don't know the whole inside side of it. Well, I so. grew up in the UP, so uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I had skates on when I came out of the womb. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not. So, <laughs> but I'm glad that you guys uh, enjoy the hockey, and it also it helps too when you have successful programs. And even yeah. like me, like covering Monona Grove and McFarland, it's like uh, you get caught up on the stuff kind of quickly. So, yep, uh, exciting for that, and also too. Uh, I want to mention uh, stuff going on in our smaller schools. Peter, you got anything you want to add with Lodi and Point? Oh, it's been a big week for Lodi wrestling. Um, as, is, as it is always. Yeah. yeah, I know. I keep mentioning, but, you know, this week they welcomed the storied program of Wisconsin Wrestling, Wisconsin Rapids, uh, mm-hmm. this week. Uh, that, that was one of my stops in my career. I worked in Wisconsin Rapids during the heyday of Louis Bennett's and them winning mm-hmm. state title after state team title. Uh, but they welcomed uh, Rapids this week. Uh, they are ranked uh, number eight in Division One, and Lodi took care of them. Uh, so definitely a feather in the cap there. Um, Coach uh, Jack Reinwand is originally from uh, Wisconsin Rapids, so he's a legendary coach at Lodi, and I think he still helps out. And uh, might even be on the staff. I'm not sure. But they also held their first uh, Terry Conklin duels, and they went 5-0. Um kind of rolled through everybody it was uh it was a pretty solid uh, effort for them and i believe if i'm not mistaken they're ranked lodi's ranked like number three in the state right now in uh, division two so they are they are looking good for a possible run at a state title and the other big news this week out of lodi wrestling zane lick broke the school record for takedowns a uh, record that had stood for 30 years uh, by lodi legend ryan kutz wow well, Very for, impressive. Good for Zane. Uh, also, I guess speaking of records that are most likely going to fall, Cal Fisher uh, most likely going to become the Deerfield Boys basketball all-time point scorer. I believe the record is 1,604 points, and Fisher trails that mark by about 20 points after uh, a 20-point performance he had on Tuesday. He is set up. He's got to score 20, that which would be just below his average of what he's doing for the game. So I'm really hoping that he does it at home, a game that I'm planning on attending because their next two games after that are away. And so it'd be a nice, cool thing if Fisher was able to break that at home. And I think he's going to do it, you know. But obviously, you know, barring injury, barring setbacks or anything like that, you never know. But looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, just a dominant player on the court and even more dominant player on the baseball diamond as he will be Mm -hmm. heading to Florida State soon. Uh, Ryan, any – 
career uh, defining moments at all or anything like that for Marshall Waterloo? Oh, or no. wait, no, yes, because yeah. there is big yeah. history for Waterloo. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, no individual career, but uh, I'm sure all the girls on Waterloo's girls' basketball team will never forget uh, last week when they beat Marshall 50-48. to A two-point win might not seem much like much to you, but this is their first win in 31 tries. It had been 15 years since Waterloo had beaten Marshall in girls' basketball, dating back to January of 2007. So that would be – actually, that would be uh, 16 years. Jeez, math. Uh, but, yeah, 31 straight losses for Waterloo in this rivalry. And that last minute, um, just everyone was on the edge of their seat. It was tied at 46, uh, heading into that last minute. And Ava Janke, Waterloo senior, nails just the, the most clutch three you could ever imagine. The teams trade a couple of botched uh, full court uh, inbounds passes, trying to you know break something open, and uh, Waterloo hits one more free throw and hangs on fifty to forty eight. And just the scene after that game was awesome. I mean, they the bench spilled onto the floor. They were screaming and hugging each other. And uh, Gabe Habercorn has been leading that Waterloo program for the last twelve years, and obviously that is all enveloped by that losing streak that Waterloo was a part of. So just. Him just kind of looking up and smiling, talking to me after the game and being like, we did it. It's been so close. We've beaten, we've beaten every other team in this conference. We've beaten good teams over the years. We could never beat Marshall, and they did last week, mm-hmm. and it was just a great scene for them, great for Waterloo girls basketball, and uh, just so happy for them to get that get that monkey off their back. I mean, on top of beating Marshall, it ends, a, a, I believe, a six-game losing streak for them. They had lost – uh, 11 of their last 12 since losing to Marshall the last time earlier this season. So just a huge uh, heel turn for Waterloo. Got to be happy for that program as they try and turn things around towards the end of the season. And also that's big for, like, uh, development of a program, like the kids underneath. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have to look at Marshall as, like, oh, that's big, bad Marshall. Like, yep. we yeah. just beat them. Like, you know, we don't have to worry about, you know, like you said, they got the monkey off their back, and mm-hmm. good for Waterloo, and also good for Marshall for having a streak go that long, and also yeah. too to be held up in that standard where some a team so happy that they finally beat you that everyone was like you know mm-hmm. basically storming the court almost. <laughs> you know, Marshall only loses by two, and their two highest scores in that game were a junior and a sophomore. So Oof. it's not like Marshall won't be right back there, but uh, <laughs> you know Waterloo gets the best of them this time, and finally rivalry is an appropriate word for this matchup of these two teams because. <laughs> For so long, it was just Marshall dominance. Yeah. But it, we're looking forward to the Capital South uh, hopefully continuing to uh, have strong uh, teams like that. And good to see Waterloo just get a win like that. Absolutely. So, yeah, basketball obviously in full swing. Wrestling has their conference championships, I believe, this, this weekend. weekend. And also boys swim. So I think what we'll do, mm-hmm. we'll probably discuss some of that stuff later, I think, next week. I know you hit on wrestling, but... It's yeah. just one of those things. I was just looking at the stuff. I was like, man, there's a bunch of teams I still got to like kind of yeah. talk yeah. about. But we can always say all it for of next, next week, week is going to be swimming and yeah. yep. wrestling. I'm going to try much. to do some conference preview stories, post online uh, yeah. for the Capital yep. and uh, the yeah. Badger. So check out our online stuff. I cannot I'll be there stress on Saturday that enough yeah. for the Capital. <laughs> right. Yeah, all right. All capital right. should be a lot of fun. There's definitely some good wrestling teams yeah. coming out of that. Yeah. Waterloo's a little banged up, so it'll be something to keep an eye on as. Uh, there's like three or four teams that have a viable shot at that championship. Of course, Lodi comes in as the heavy favorite, yeah. but Sugar River's damn good this yeah, year. Yeah, they are. Uh, Waterloo's a little banged up, so they're going to be fighting for that. But uh, 
I, those top th- those top three are going to be interesting to keep an eye on on Saturday. See, I forgot that Sugar River because uh, Belleville. Uh, I'm assuming co-op or something like yep. that, right? Yeah. yeah. See, I, I was, always forget Belleville's I, a part of that. I was going to Belleville, want, Nuclearis, yeah. and I believe Monticello is a part of that yeah. as well. See, I 100% would have forgot because I would have been like, well, I will bet my house on Lodi winning the Capital you know, yeah. Conference, but now obviously they got the North wrapped up. Nuclearis, that's for sure. Yeah. But like Nuclearis in that, that's yeah. Be a good one. I think Lodi beat Sugar River earlier this year oh i didn't know uh, if they had I, met in a duel i believe they did ah. at, at maybe a quad or that would, something that would like make sense that. so <laughs> lodi's been very but, good uh yeah i i don't know if sugar river was at full strength ah uh, yeah uh, my sugar memory's river, a little fuzzy but um, sugar river won the south this year yeah. in a quad that was against warloo and mm. marshall and cambridge so yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. only opponents and they right. won it pretty handily yeah <laughs> right so yeah that should be a good battle yep yeah, looking forward to yeah so we'll probably dive deep into that stuff next week i want to give a quick little shout out though to the monona grove gymnastics program they unfortunately have some gymnasts out with injuries uh they're like best gymnast maya tweedy the state performer from last year is one of those uh gymnasts who are unfortunately out uh for the season with uh an injury she was still able to compete in the dance of or not the dance uh on the floors uh a couple weeks ago with uh with the injury she went and got checked out though with the doctor gonna be held out for the rest of the year which by the by the right decision obviously a bummer but you hope that team gets healthy but also to savannah gangstad has had a really nice strong year filling in uh for tweedy as well too and uh anesthesia uh bingham won the vault uh against milton uh i believe it was two weeks ago so just a couple of strong performances from them still putting out a strong year and looking forward to see what they do at conference coming up here in the next couple weeks so that's going to do it, though, for this week's edition of the Cap City Sportscast. For my colleagues, Ryan and Peter, my name is Callahan Steed, and we will see you guys next time. Thank I'm Peter. You. He's Ryan. Oh, did I do the thing wrong? <laughs> for Peter and Ryan, I pointed wrong. My apologies. But we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.